Hi, I'm JT Haynes with the Minnesota Center for Environmental Advocacy. We love the Bondi Waters at MCEA, and we know this has been a really difficult time for local communities, campers, businesses, and everyone working to keep people safe. So we just wanted to come on briefly to share that y'all have been in our thoughts, and with that in mind, we're proud to support this Boundary Waters podcast. It's become very clear that protecting the Northland for the next generation means working together to defend our clean air, land, and water. At MCEA, we see the whole picture, including the need for a resilient, sustainable economy that includes everybody, and we know that you do too. So thank you again for your efforts to lift up our local communities here in the Northland and defend our future together. For more information or to get involved with MCEA directly, visit mncenter.org. That's mncenter.org. This is Matthew Baxley here, the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast. I am recording from the western shore of Alton Lake. Came in early this morning around uh, 8.30, 9 o'clock. Onto Alton Lake, or onto Sawbill Lake. Myself, my partner Lindsay, our two friends Brian and Becca, with their two kids, Hazel, Jasper, and their puppy Cedar. And uh, it's their first multi-night trip into the Boundary Waters Canaria Wilderness. Beautiful sunny day. The excitement was palpable. We found a campsite very quickly after a short portage into Alton first portage for these two kiddos of their life and they did an amazing job it's been a windy windy day uh pretty big gusts of winds coming from the south for most of the afternoon uh we heard the rumble of the float plane engine going back and forth to do water drops on the whelp lake fire and Things have felt really good today. Uh, one time we did see a helicopter uh, carrying a big water drop. We did some swimming, did some fishing, and we went out for a paddle and uh, ran into a canoeist who informed us that Alton Lake is closing. We're unclear on the details if Alton Lake is closing immediately, right at the second, or starting tomorrow. Alton, everything north and west of Alton is closing, was the word that we got. So we had to make a game time decision. We're going to cook dinner. It's late. It's probably 5 o'clock. Actually, almost 6 o'clock now at this point. Feed the kids, feed ourselves while we pack up and head out of Alton. We're going to check in with the group to see how they're feeling around this news here shortly over dinner. But meanwhile, we got a lot of hustling to get packed up. We have to paddle against the wind to get out, and uh, it's going to be fun with the kiddos. So we'll check in soon. at dinner but it was just a mad dash of feeding and then dishes and continuing to tear down still haven't had anybody from the forest service come by and give us an official word on a closure but we're trying to make the prudent call and get out 
based on hearsay at this point. I've been seeing canoes all headed out towards Sawbill Lake the last hour and I'm about to pull down our elaborate and awesome bear hang system that we did. And the spirits are a little low, especially for our friends. It's a big deal to be out here this year and a big deal to have to turn around. You can feel that emotion. It's palpable. Okay, Brian and Becca, both kids and the puppy are working their way across Alton. Lindsay and I just loaded up our canoe. We're about to shove off. It's almost dark and nobody seems to be left in Alton. We can hear the planes rumbling still working water on that fire. Thankfully, the winds have just calmed down a bit so we can cross Alton with the kids all safe in their big old canoe and here we go. I've kind of come as a force supervisor, and I, I know when I uh, drove up here today and I saw the sign that said Boundary Waters closed, it was in big lights, I uh, felt like a little punch in the stomach, you know? I don't know when we last did this, but as you heard Patty talk about, um, we're just in unprecedented conditions. You think back to the fires we had in the spring, we had early summer, we started putting in closures just around those fires. Um, and then that gap started to fill in, and uh, we just had this recent round with Greenwood. We saw how that ran. We saw what's happening with the John Eck fire, and we said for right now, we do need to close the wilderness, because I can't tell you where the next lightning strike's gonna be, where it's gonna pop up, when the conditions are gonna align with weather, what's gonna happen with the Canadian fires. It really is about the safety of our firefighters and of you and of our visitors. Well, it is the morning of day three of our f annual family Boundary Waters attempt. <laughs> That's about right. <laughs> so we evacuated out of Alton eventually found ourselves at a Boundary Waters campsite and checked off a huge box for this family of four plus puppy. And that was to spend the first night in the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness. Does anybody want to tell me how their first night in the Boundary Waters was? Hazel? Jasper? What did you think about spending the night in the Boundary Waters? All right, and we saw the moon rising. That was really cool, but I was scared about the bears. Scared about the bears? Yeah. How'd that turn out? Did we end up seeing any last night? Guess no, why? Why? Because my wish was to not see bears. That was on my first star. Your wish on your first star was to not see a bear, and it came true. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Hazel, what did you think about being able to take everybody to your favorite spot by the water? Well, I liked it because I like to share with what I found. Yeah, share what I found. And I found like, found a piece of bark that looks exactly like a giant. Yeah. Brian and Becca. You made it one night in the Boundary Waters. How do you feel? 
noodles tonight. Mm -hmm. well, well, one way, well, actually, in the boundary. It, it felt like it was a long time coming <laughs> to be able to spend the night in the boundary waters after trying for years <laughs> to do it. Mm -hmm. We got one night in. Yeah, something always just kind of got in the way in years past. And this year, uh, I guess a fire got in the way. Yeah, it's uh, certainly disappointing. But it was beautiful while we were here. And we're going to be super excited to come again next year, right? Yeah. Unless if the fires come over here and burn it. Probably not going to make it next year. <laughs> we thought last night that maybe we weren't going to come, or two nights ago, that we weren't going to come come back and get a night, didn't we? But we did, didn't we? I'm glad we made it. I'm glad we made it, too. It's a pretty special one night in the wilderness, huh? We saw the moon rise. We, you guys, you went on so many adventures and you learned how to use the compass. Thank Hazel, you, you yeah, Jasper caught two fish. <laughs> they were both small mouths, and the one got the fishing hook got caught like right above the eye. Who took care of that? Dad. Dad did. And then he also got a fishing hook in his foot. Yep, in his shoe. In his shoe. Mm-hmm. And then I got caught in the in in my foot, like not on my shoe, but on my foot. It's in his skin. Yeah. We got it out. Yeah, it didn't hurt so much. This morning, after we had a really beautiful, leisurely breakfast, we had a second visit from a pair of wilderness rangers that pulled up in their canoe. We were their first stop to let us know that the entire Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness is closing, so and they are headed in to go through Sawbill we'll to smoke, burnt, and and all through the wilderness to continue the evacuation process. And well, the rangers seemed in good spirits so far. So hopefully they can keep those spirits up through their event, through their, what would you call it? It's their an adventure. <laughs> their, their adventure tasks for the, for the day and the coming days, however long they're gonna need. They yeah. look like they were ready for many nights, judging by the size of those portage packs. Yeah. I know, can you, I'm just imagining them having to go to every campsite right. and like, just how disappointed people are going to be and stuff but th i mean that's just that would be that'd be emotionally taxing to have to like mm -hmm. to say that to so many different campers like and they nice. just got done with it they had one day <laughs> off <laughs> they just got done with it the yeah like that's that's got to be hard we sure appreciate those rangers don't we oh yeah yeah for sure <laughs> So for right now, it's a seven day, we're looking out seven days. So we're pulling permits for the next seven days. But uh, we will reevaluate that daily, uh, but we're just not there yet until we get some change in the weather or some better control or the snow flies. But we will certainly look at it every single day and we'll open things as soon as we can. Well, we're about to paddle off of Sawbill Lake in the day that the 
Entire Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness has officially closed due to the need for wildfire management. Well, what that means for Brian, Becca, kids, and puppy is that this trip has been cut short just barely after it has begun. So it's been a process of, I think, mentally, emotionally processing all of it as it's happened and figuring out where we're at. We're going to check in how Brian, as sort of the leader of this fam- family's <laughs> expedition. I would not put it like that at all. <laughs> well, you certainly kept us going after we got kicked out the first night. So what's the roller coaster been like? We were planning this trip for a long time, and we've been trying to do this for yeah. you know, four years. or five years. We've been trying, you know, something always kind of gets in the way of actually getting in and doing it. You know, we've been on the edges and we've canoed in, but never been able to stay in for whatever reason. But, you know, to that, you, Matthew, and and Lindsay have always, you know, been a big part of this trip, and we've always been able to, like, spend time with you, which, so what can I possibly be complaining about, like, to, like, oh, we never got to get in really before, you know, like, Mm because we always had that time with you guys. You know, and then this year, of course, you know, we go in, uh, we set up camp, then, you know, we get basically told we're to be evacuated, and then so we tear down, we go out to the edge and, and we were able to set up outside of the shutdown lake and, and at late night and everything's more difficult with kids, you know? Like, so much more work. Uh, yeah, so everything's doubled. So the entire setting up and taking down and setting up process, again, is just doubled and tripled because you know, you're <laughs> taking care of kids as well. So, you know, we hadn't got the chance to really relax, right? So let's, you know, do Sawbell. We can still camp here. So here we come in. We find a great site just as somebody left. We're set up. We're going to stay here. We're going to do it. We slept one night. And then the, the Forest Service comes up. And yet I knew the moment it happened, you know, I saw the canoe. I said, uh-oh. You know, we're, we're done for, you know. But again, you know, then we're going through, you know, all of us together are going through these feelings of, yeah, we're, you know, disappointed. But there is this grander story of... The boundary waters is what we really feel bad about. But I feel like there's some of these moments like, what about like, you know, is it okay like mm-hmm. for just our, like mm-hmm. to, to kind of grieve for our inconvenient loss, you know, is that okay? You know, and I think, you know, there's this huge backdrop of this past year, year and a half where there's been just an onslaught of this. There's the pandemic, right? We had the pandemic and, you know, our family in particular, like, we fared really well. Like, no one we knew got sick and had a hard time. You know, like, in our family life balance with the schools and, and work, it worked out really well. Like, we did really well. You know, so even through all that, it's... We can't feel bad for ourselves because somebody else has got it worse, right? Mm-hmm. And then we're from Minneapolis, right? So in 2020, not only was the pandemic, there was the city burned, you know, a good portion of it. The insurrection uh, with George Floyd's murder. But again, we're not a family of color, nor did we live in the neighborhoods that are affected. We live in, you know, a different neighborhood. So again, we're always feeling this, like, someone else always has it worse. Someone else always has it harder, and it's very true. So, you know, how can I be disappointed about my vacation getting diverted from its original plan? You know what that reminds me of? We talked about this in our paddle yesterday about how it's really hard the space in between the nuance Mm. can i be disappointed or should i not be because it's worse for somebody else Mm. to me this is a very clear example of yes there are 
so many worse things and this could be so much worse and it's okay to be disappointed yeah because this matters too this trip that we have been planning and that that matters and it matters that the wilderness is burning and it matters that Minneapolis burned and it ma- matters that people of color are dealing with much worse things mm. one does not have to invalidate the other right you know what I mean mm. that speaks to just the importance of the boundary waters that, that you want to be out here and that you're disappointed that you can't like it can all have space to exist together yeah Maybe uh, that doesn't fit for you. No, absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's nice. It's nice to be able to put that in in that sort of context because it does. It feels it feels like self indulgent to be loathsome of, of you know what I said like inconveniences or, or yeah. something. You know, you know. There's always some sort of positive lining, and we will definitely find a lot of positive linings out of this. We, we have will not. Yeah, we will not come away like disappointed. Um, but you know, it's also maybe it's important to just allow that it is disappointing and it does suck for us and our family at this moment but this moment shall pass and we you know my kids are uh, six and just turned six and just about to turn eight so six and seven so they've been through this as with so many other children in this in this past year where things have been just crazy right Mm -hmm. and and dramatic really this pandemic like all these kids as well as adults everybody has been through a very traumatic year year and a half as my wife rebecca was saying earlier this is just one more bit of disappointment you know? mm. and we got double fold you know like we got told twice we had to leave so like <laughs> twice you know hazel's like crying like i don't want to leave you know it's yeah like, i don't either you yes know? Uh, when we come around and look back upon this even today, even tonight, I don't think it will take very long for us to like look at this in different in a different light. But the kids have just had to be deal with disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. Mm-hmm. You know, no, you can't have a birthday party. It's a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you can't go to school anymore. It's a pandemic. You mm-hmm. know, like all of these things. Like, yeah, there's helicopters in the city like constantly, and you're scared because. There's an insurrection, you know, and now, like, we're trying to find a vacation and get away from it all, and we got evacuated twice in a weekend. Yeah. And there's helicopters flying <laughs> there's over us in the boundary waters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, from, you know, and then we say, you know, we tell ourselves, our kids, and I do believe it. I don't mean to, you know, discredit it by saying we tell ourselves, but this is adversity that our children are overcoming. Yeah. And this is such a pliable, important time in their lives where if we're training this I just I I do believe this very much for my kids personally that they are coming out stronger for all of these tiny little adversities and for that I should be thankful for this right because they are doing well they're doing very well through all of they're just like over there having a great time right now yeah there's a little bit of tears at first and then it's just like all right yeah let's go (laughs) swimming whether this fire what the cause of this fire was like was or was not due directly or indirectly to you know human industrialization climate change you could say you could make an argument either way well this particular fire this welt fire that's here and you know the other you know, all the other ones i don't know john elk and quetico and greenwood yeah. yeah well now it kind of gets a little bit more obvious but <laughs> my, my point with like, okay. for in the grander scheme of things obviously this is happening and it's becoming or not becoming it is very objectively wildfires are 
due to human industrialization impacts, mm-hmm. right? So this generation, and I hope it's just not this experience that my kids are having right now, coming over, you know, overcoming adversity through all this past couple of years. I really, really desperately hope the children all around this nation, all around this world, they are responding to all this adversity in a way that makes them stronger because they're going to need it. Because climate change is not going away. Yeah. This is the future that we, for better or worse, are giving them, that they're inheriting. As, yeah, as, as our generation and our previous generation has had such freedom to do at will with our resources, they won't have that, and they will have, they are paying now, and they will pay for our indiscretions. Yeah. And that of our parents and grandparents. Yep. So I hope this, these small, oh, <laughs> yeah. These bits of overcoming adversity. I, yeah, I this is just training. I, yeah, I guess. I guess that's true. Okay, so the whole question is of writing about the people going into the wilderness and, and it's closed, you know, what's going to happen to them. We're trying to encourage people not to go into the wilderness, up to $5,000 or imprisonment on the closure order. I mean, we are serious, just like the, the fire ban, we are serious. We don't take this decision lightly at all. It was, um, I'm a person who can sleep at a drop of a hat. I did not sleep. I didn't. Wait, what's happening over here? A fairy house. I'm building a fairy house. I this it was too low because those dogs were there and they also like fell off. So I had an idea to put that there. And I was like, hmm, that's a little bit too high. So I put those so it would be higher. Nice. I just sing when I paddle in Feeling not thinking if the strokes are true We're gonna get through to the other side out in the night the waves beat the shore You can hear them pounding, you can hear them roar Oh, rule me, rock me in my dreams You can roll me, rock me in my dreams So I like to sing, I love to dance I play the fool if I got the chance All around the campfire light All around Campfire light all round, all round, all round. The campfire light. 